Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Okay, so everyone knows DoorDash, right? It's like, I need Chick-fil-A to arrive in 20 minutes. I go to DoorDash. Now, DoorDash wants to help you not just with food deliveries, but with grocery deliveries. So the, the app that you can trust is moving on into helping you with getting the syrup for your pancakes, getting you your favorite coffee creamer. So DoorDash grocery delivery, you can stock up for the week or order last minute cravings conveniently. So did your avocados go bad way sooner than expected? Are your bananas only good for like a banana bread and not for actually eating a banana? DoorDash is your answer. So you've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites. Now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you're going to find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll also get exactly what you ordered or they're going to make it right like they always do with their food deliveries. So get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to $20 value when you use my code NOTSKINNY at checkout. This is a limited time offer and terms do apply. That's 50% off up to $20 no minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code not skinny. Don't forget that's code not skinny for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. This is Amanda Hirsch from the Not Skinny But Not Fat podcast. You might know me from Not Skinny But Not Fat on Instagram, where I spend my time talking about reality TV, celebrities, everything happening, and pop culture. I also talk to some of our favorite celebs and reality TV stars. We talk about what's going on. Tune in every Tuesday and just feel like you're talking with your best friends in your living room. Brianne, thank you so much for coming on my pod. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Okay. You have to know that everyone that hears you, that knows you from the show, Jenny and Georgia, and hears you talk for the first time in your regular voice mm-hmm. accent, like we're like, wait, what? Something's different. Like something. And it takes a minute until you're like, what's happening? And you're like, oh, she doesn't have the thick Southern accent IRL. Something is amiss. I know. I know. So do you get that a lot of people like, wait, where, <laughs> why are you, why are you talking weird? All the time, all the time. I actually, sorry. Also, my dog is being so needy for some Aww. reason and he's in my lap and he's a big dog. He's not a lap dog, but that's just what's happening here. I love when big dogs think they're little. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, 
It's 50 pounds. Anyway, I sent in a tape a while ago. I think this was like after season one came out. And they were like, oh, she doesn't need to do a standard American. She could do her accent. And my manager is like, no, no, that that is that is her accent, actually. So that is OK. So I want to hear everything. One of one of the things I needed to know is like, OK, you get the audition for Ginny and Georgia. Does it say like read in Southern accent? Yeah, it does. It was part of the deal. Yeah. When they're describing Georgia, I mean, it doesn't say re- or maybe it did say read in the Southern accent, but it was in the script. For George's voiceover, I just remember it said that delicious Southern accent comes in and then it's George's VO. Mm. And that's how we know. So have you done that before? Was that your first time with a Southern accent? That was my first time. I've done it before in auditions, but it was my first time for, I guess, a project on set. Yeah. Was that nerve wracking? At the beginning, of course, because it's different. It's new. But then the more comfortable I got with Georgia, the more... The more it made sense for Georgia, it was so easy to lean into. She's really performative. She's always on. And the way they write her cadence also lends itself towards the Southern accent, I feel like. And because she's always monologuing or she's passionate or she's on some high horse about something, you can't not lean into it. It only it only adds to Georgia. Right. And the other thing I realized right away when I started watching the show with you was like your hair. Like it's not like right now you have like dirty blonde vibes, like very chill. George's hair is like that blonde, like in your face with the dark brows. Was that a choice for the character or is that something that you had at the time? It's something I had at the time that I think just worked for the character. I had gone really blonde for a campaign, a makeup campaign. And then just kind of kept it because, I don't know, it was fun. It was summer. We were just working with it. But yeah, then I just kept it for a little while. But then after we wrap, I like to go back a little bit more to the basics because you put your hair through so much and they're curling it every day, all day, constantly touching it up. So I just wanted to give my hair a little breather. A little, Yeah, no, I see. I love I love both. But that the blonde blonde is very Georgia like in t- like it's more like here I am. And this is more like you are a California girl. I was going to say California girl. So you were born and raised in California. That's like, is that what people think where it's like dreams of Hollywood from a young age? Yeah, it's so funny. No, nobody in my family, nobody in my immediate family is in the entertainment industry. Growing up, I grew up locking out of Pasadena. So it's sort of on the outskirts of L.A. I didn't feel like I grew up directly related to the industry at all. Some of my high school friends, their parents were in the industry and that was cool because we get to watch screeners and things like that. But by no means did I think it was a career path, let alone going to be my career path. And then I sort of found my rhythm with acting when I was in high school and I joined the improv team and fell in love with it and was a total thespian. And then it was the director of those plays that I would do throughout high school, who was like, if you could maybe take this seriously, then I fell in love with NYU. And I thought if I get into Tish at NYU, maybe this is a viable thing. Otherwise, we'll move on. And then I got into into Tish and that was kind of it. Wow. That's like going to school for acting in New York. Like, what was that vibe like for you? It was incredible. Yeah. I'm so grateful for that time. I think At the time, I was worried because, look, you don't need to go to college to be an actor, obviously. So I think I felt almost behind in a way because a lot of other people I knew in the city were not going to college and were just auditioning. They were already working on their resume. They were already building this professional career. 
And I, part of going to NYU is you can't audition professionally. They really want you to stay. So I was worried I was behind, but now cut to all these years later, I couldn't be more grateful. I feel like I learned so much. I got to come into myself. I made lifelong friends who are in the industry and not in the industry. When you go to acting school, it's like for theater, right? Like most of your courses are like theater. So it was two days a week. We had studio and you minored in acting, right? Okay. Where the hell did you get that from? Miss? like did your research. Because I, you talked about it with Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yes, I did. I loved theater people. Yeah. So it was two days a week. It was like Tuesday, Thursday, we had studio and I was in Strasbourg and you stay with your, I don't know, 50 other students and you're sort of like a herd of cattle and you move from movement to sense memory, to tap, to whatever it may be, to scene study. And then Monday, Wednesday, Friday are your NYU liberal arts curriculum. I see. And they really like know, like if you like sneakily audition, they would like. I mean, no, people definitely did. I feel like I maybe had a couple at the end end of college, but I, for the most part, I pretty much followed the rules, unfortunately. I know. I was going to say, I don't know if you've noticed, like there's in Hollywood now or in the media, there's been like talk of like Nepo babies. Have you heard of that term? Of course. Okay. So you're legit not a Nepo baby. Like no one could call you that at all. No, no, they couldn't. And you're not a like founder on the mall. Like, I don't know, Johnny Depp or those actors that were like, oh, we found that. Like you did the thing. You went to the college. You did the thing. You studied acting. Got my manager right out of college. I showed them on, on DVD student films I had done. And I handed it to them and they watched it and they loved it. And then I started working with them. And my first ever audition was for 90210. And I went in for Girl in Green. And I think back then too, when you first are, and maybe probably still now, when you first start working with an agency or management, sometimes they send you out on these test auditions just to get feedback from casting directors to be like, so how was she or how'd she do? And it might've even been before they 100% signed me. But it was my very, very first ever professional audition. It was for 90210, Girl in Green. And I, I have to admit, it went so well. I ended up booking the role of Stacy and I got a few lines. Oh, wait. So this is 90210, the renewal, not like Dylan and Brandon. <laughs> no, I think that, I don't even know what number renewal this was. Maybe three. I, I, there's been so many. Okay. So you, but you went from Girl in Green to Stacy. That's like. And I was bidding on some guy for some charity in it. And I think my line was $300 and I had to stand up and wave $300 in the air. And I was so nervous. And that was my first line. Like your trajectory of like not really being born with a camera in your face, improv, college for acting, auditions. At that point, were you like, I'm going to do anything that it takes to make it in this industry? Pretty much. Yeah. I gave it my all. I started at with, again, one line, just a a quick little guest spot. And then you just hit the pavement running, hustle, 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 multiple auditions a day, driving from different sides of town, like printing out directions, packing snacks, being in my Prius all day to then bigger roles and more lines and then series regular roles. And now Ginny and Georgia. 
I've talked about this before. I might not be the most sexy girl on the planet at night because I have to put in my retainers and I'm not going to mess that up again. I messed that up once before. My mom basically disowned me. And years later, I knew I had to make it up to her and make it up to myself. So I used Bite, B-Y-T-E. I did the night plan, which I thought at first like couldn't be. I was like, this is not going to work. I had to wear my first pair of aligners that I messed up in high school every single day. I only took it out for food. You're telling me I could wear it just when I sleep, but it worked. Everyone that followed me when I did it, I shared my journey on Instagram, saw like my bottom teeth were like a messed up train track. Okay. Now they're straight. I mean, before you go to sleep, you pop it in. It's a clear aligner. It's not some like huge contraption. Anyway, if you guys are looking to strain your teeth, um, then Bite makes it so easy. Uh, It's an at-home treatment. They're all dentist-directed. You can start seeing results in as little as three weeks. You also pay as little as $70 a month or less, thousands less than braces. So Bite aligners, you guys. It's super easy to get started. You just head on over to Bite, B-Y-T-E dot com. You use my code, not skinny, and you order an at-home impression kit for just $14.95. You take a mold of your mouth, send it back to Bite. It comes with a return label, obviously, and see what your new smile could look like. That's Bite.com. You use code, not skinny. Bite is B-Y-T-E. Use code, not skinny for over 80% off your impression kit. As you guys know, I do have an article code. Okay. It's article.com slash not skinny. A R T I C L E dot com slash not skinny. It will get you $50 off your purchase of $100 or more. Article has amazing deals on couches. I had the Berard couch, the Berard sectional. Um, I also have their boucle bench, which I love. I have a rocking chair in Noah's room. I think they only have one rocking chair, so you can find it. It's not an overwhelming website. They have really curated pieces that are affordable and, you know, modern, but you can also find coastal, industrial, and boho designs. They make furniture shopping really, really simple. They also offer fast, affordable shipping across the U.S. and Canada, and they won't leave you waiting around. You pick the delivery time, and they'll send you updates. Like, they're super good. They have amazing customer service. So if you're looking to refurnish your house or you just got a new apartment and you need new furniture... Highly recommend you check out Article. I got my mom to order this Sven couch when she was looking for a new couch. I was like, Mom, all the coolest people on the internet have it. But really, it's it's like a trending couch. And it's just perfect for apartment living if you guys want to check that out. Article is offering my listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim it, visit article.com slash not skinny. And the discount will be automatically applied to checkout. Article.com slash not skinny. A-R-T-I-C-L-E dot com slash not skinny for $50 off uh, your first purchase of $100. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Okay, so let's backtrack more. By the way, are you watching um the show Shrinking on Apple TV? No. Okay, you really have to, Brian. It's really good. 
that the one who's in that? Yes. Okay. Okay. It takes place in Pasadena. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, when you watch a show and you're like, I don't even know if they film there, but it makes you just like, I'm like, should I live in Pasadena? It looks so cute. It's a beautiful, beautiful place to grow up. And I lived all over the place, like La Crescenta, La Cunada, Altadena. It's all my family's still all there. I'm too busy watching every reality show that's on, but I will try to make time. Wait, we need to know what reality shows are you watching? I watch everything on Bravo. Bravo is pretty much, Bravo is my bread and butter. I do all the housewives. I'm obsessed with Below Deck. Love is Blind, The Circle. All of, all of, I mean, it's, I know. I oh know. my God. I feel like it's a thing with actors that like maybe because you're acting all day, you just want to watch reality TV. I have to tell you, Brianne, I, the housewives are like, I don't know. Aren't you, are you watching Jersey right now? I don't know. I'm like, it's like the old shtick, Teresa, freaking Melissa. We need to move on. I know. And then Salt Lake was a little womp womp. I hate to say it. I know, but that's where, are you doing Vanderpump? Vanderpump is another story. Vanderpump is my baby. He's thriving right now. I mean, we're only two episodes in, but she's thriving. We're back. Everyone's broken up. It's amazing. No, it's like OG days. It's OG days. Okay. I'm loving that you're a Bravo gal. Do you do winter house, summer house too? And where does she find the time? It's so bad. It's at nighttime. Or if I'm like when I'm packing or something, I just Bravo is my favorite thing to have on. Okay. But you need to add to your list like Love Island UK. No. So that's the only one. A, wh- a few years ago, I was working in London and I had it on on the TV in the hotel room in the background all the time. But I didn't. I'm almost scared to get hooked because aren't there like 57 episodes? No. Yeah. Uh huh. There's one every day. And that's what happened to me. I was watching all the shows like you and everyone was like, if you love this, you're going to love this. And I was like, okay, but I can't. And then I did. And now it's like when it's on, you're like, how do I do anything else? But I feel like you would love it. Unfortunately, I probably would. (laughs) Anyway, this was amazing news. And we could end the interview now. The other thing about you, which was wild fact to learn, is that you're one of five siblings. Right. Right. So both my, <laughs> how did your mom, I have one kid. Like I don't understand. Was it a different time? Like my parents remarried and had more, but I'm very, very close with all of my siblings. So I'm the oldest of the five. And then I have a sister who's 28. She lives, she's here in Southern California. Then my dad had two more and they are in college now, thriving, super athletic, amazing. And then I have a little brother with his stepdad in North Carolina, who is incredible. Okay. That's almost as hard to keep up with as Georgia's. So even harder might be. Yeah, honestly, I, I feel like it's one of those things that was, is part of my life that lent itself towards the character. I have a very modern family, seen it all. No, I'm not shocked by too many things. Neither is Georgia. But your mom was a single mom. I saw that you said. So yeah, when so you my mom was 21 and my sister at like, I guess, 26. So then your dad who had you remarried, had more siblings. Yes. So it's yes. half like the five total are like half. One is whole three or half. One is whole three or half. Wow. You know, it's like algebra or something. So your mom had you at 21. Yes. So that really also lent itself to Georgia's character. Absolutely. So when you got the audition, were you like, oh, my God, do I like 
send them my life story so they know this is actually perfect for me? I think it was more for me. Again, it just wasn't as shocking as I was reading it. I felt a little more connected to it. It felt a little more natural. My mom and I didn't have any boundaries, no secrets, constantly in each other's territory. We knew far too much about each other. And that's Ginny and Georgia. So I think a lot of the scenes I probably just felt a little bit more comfortable in from yeah. the outside in than others, maybe. Did your mom support your dreams and goals of becoming an actress? Absolutely. But also as a parent, you want your children to have security and to thrive and to really make something of themselves. So my mom was very much like, okay, you can go to NYU for theater, but you are minoring in something else. So I, so I minored in child psychology and my mom just always really implemented like a, how important our work ethic was. So I've always had some type of job since I was like 14. Isn't it funny that parents are so by the book and it's like, well, if she minors in child psychology, <laughs> there's her backup plan. Exactly. This will take <laughs> so far. Yeah. Like if that doesn't work out, she's has the 17 credits, you know, she, she essentially has half a major in child psychology, <laughs> but you do it to like appease them. And so how are you supporting yourself? Like NYU was crazy freaking expensive, even at the yeah. time. I mean, now it's probably like 150,000 a year. Did you get scholarships? Like how, how are you supporting yourself in the city? I worked the whole time. I had so many jobs. I worked at, I was the front desk receptionist at a hair salon that my sister figure was working at. I worked for an acupuncturist in Midtown. I was a receptionist there. I did this catering company. I was a cocktail hostess at this restaurant in Chelsea. I just was constantly working. That's crazy. And in the city, did it not scare you? Like coming from Pasadena, like New York City? working, hustling, like it wasn't. I don't know. Not necessarily. I just was so excited. I had my first trip to New York when I was probably like 14 and I just fell in love. There's nothing like the city. So when did you move back to LA? Like right when you were done with school? Yeah. Right when I was done, I moved back, got my manager and started auditioning. Because like in New York, people think the industry is here too, but like technically it's not. Like there aren't many auditions for TV and movies here. It is a little bit different. I would say nowadays anywhere is fair game because we're just back to self tapes ever since COVID and the pandemic. But at the time, it it just made more sense for me. My team was like, you are so right for so many things on TV. It would just make sense for you to be in L.A. And you have the benefit of I'm from L.A. So I had my support system. It all just kind of made sense. So what year was that when you moved back? 2011. 2011. Okay. So what were you auditioning for? What was happening in 2011 when you when you just got back? I mean, I was auditioning for a lot of TV guest spots. The NCIS, The Criminal Minds, The Middle, 90210, Revenge. Thinking of things I worked on then. Were you, you know, getting, were you getting yeses? Like, were you like, oh, this is flowing? All of those, yes. Look, there were dozens in between that were no's that I don't remember right now. But there, I, I have, I'm very confident there. I remember the bouts where there were plenty of those, of course. But you didn't get like, 
you didn't lose your drive at any point. You were like, wait, this life is crazy. Being an actress, auditioning. No, 100%. It still gets hard. It was definitely, it was hard. It is hard. It will continue to be hard. But I think I always seem to book something in the nick of time where it kept me, it keeps you hanging on. Yeah. There are always those stories. It's like the day before I was going to give up and then it happened. Yeah. I remember printing out being like, okay, I have to go print out headshots, which also again, nobody does anymore. And I printed out like 75 and I was like, okay, that's it. I'm not printing any more headshots. I'm just, I'm done printing out these 75 headshots. But then of course, number 25, somewhere along the way, something exciting happens. And then that leads you to the next one. That was 40, number 45. And you kind of just keep going and going. And again, having a really important my, a support system is just so important. My my manager, sorry, Bodhi, can you? Can you oh my God, Bodhi, you're so cute and so needy. I don't know why right now, because I'm not paying him any attention. Yeah, men. I, yeah, exactly. My manager has just always been so supportive too. And my family's been so supportive and my friends. So I think having a support system really does keep you going. And I had other, again, I had other jobs. So financially, I just kind of, I still was, I, my first job out of college, I worked at Agent Provocateur on Melrose. What is that? It's a lingerie store. Oh, maybe they went to it on like Vanderpump Rules or something. I feel like that would be a store. You know, the restaurant that Raquel and Peter had their date at <laughs> yes. about the pageants. Sarah and I, I don't know if that's somewhere they always go on Vanderpump, but that's Sarah and I, the last time I saw her, we were there. So it was fun. What's that place called? It's a really good question now that I've brought it up more. But anyway, Sarah and I, too, also dined where Raquel and Peter had their date. Wait, she also loves reality TV. So you guys yeah. probably so vibed. Absolutely. And in the pilot, I remember... Look, I wasn't trying to flaunt how much I love reality TV. But when I read the pilot for Jenny and Georgia, it's just chock full of pop culture references. They mentioned Vanderpump. The scene where Jax has the the ring that he's going to propose to is in his crotch while they're getting in the Uber and going to the restaurant. They bring up Paul waiting for his Bachelor casting call, Randolph. I watched plenty of Bachelor. All of these references really resonated with me. And I just felt automatically connected. I know. I told Sarah, by the way, guys, when we're saying Sarah, we're, we're talking about Sarah Lampert, the creator of the show. I told her, like, when you're watching a show that has pop culture references for someone that loves pop culture like me, it's just so fun. You're because you feel even more connected to the show. You're like, oh, my God, I know what you're talking about, because like, I know, you know what I mean? It just feels it just feels so fun. So it's fun that you also had that connection to it. So when did you meet your husband in all of this? So I met Matt about seven years ago now. Matt is from also from Southern California. He's from the West Side, but we didn't know each other. Then Matt also went to college in New York. He went to new school. We didn't know each other. We never met. Both moved back to L.A. He started law school. I was just sort of out and about with some of my friends from New York who were introducing me to their friends from New York. Then after this summer of fun, lo and behold, Matt finishes taking the bar. He reemerges back into society. And we met then. And then we kind of ran into each other a handful of a nights of in a row. And that was it. And then you got married. Like, was it during COVID? 
I got married right before season two. So I, in July of 2021, right before we left for season two. Yeah. So we proposed the year before that, pre-COVID. And then we ended up having a long engagement and then sweet wedding at his in his grandparents' backyard during COVID. Did he surprise you or were you like the here is a picture of a ring that I want? He so we look, we'd been together for a long time. I think at that point we've been together for four years. Of course, it was something we talked about. Like, come on, we're modern people. But the, when he did it, here's what happened. He did. I kind of knew it was coming, but he still threw me off. We were packing for a trip. The show I was on got canceled. So we ended up being able to go on this trip. We didn't was think it we The Exorcist? To- it was Passage. Oh, okay. But yes, loved Exorcist. And I remember when we were packing, I was like, do you, are we sharing luggage or should we do our own luggage? And he was like, I oh, will just share luggage. So I thought, oh, he's not going to. Okay, never mind, never mind. Then he just surprised me. And we ended up, before we went on this big trip, we went to this family wedding and his parents brought the ring abroad. He snagged it from his, from his family at this wedding. Then we went to Italy privately and then he surprised me. Oh, so now you're married for over a year, a little bit, a year and a half. Is it different than not married life? Yes and no. I mean, I was never the little girl who was fantasizing about getting married. I think after being with Matt for so long, I started to realize that this long term partnership was absolutely something I wanted but it was by no means something I was looking for or had any, I was hard and fast about. Matt comes from a little bit more of a traditional family than I do, as we explained. And (laughs) it was more, he always had this idea of a traditional marriage and being together and falling in love and being so happy in our relationship, then it did start to make more sense to me. And now here we are. And I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't change it. So when it's going to change when you have kids, yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you. Lay it on me. Yeah, that's when that's when it that's when you're like, oh, okay. No, you're gonna be great if you decide to have kids. But the the difference between being together, being married, is like one percent difference. The the difference between being married and being married with a kid is like a fifty five percent. Because there's this whole new thing, right? There's this new character at play. You're seeing different sides. Yeah. And it's maybe, is there just less time for you guys? Yeah, it's less time. It's more things to fight about, even if you haven't fought before about anything. That's unrealistic. I know. My husband is actually very chill. Like, I feel like when I yell, he put it, puts in the headphone. He doesn't hear anything. So it, you cannot fight if the other person doesn't fight back. But yeah, but when you have Matt, kids, now you know. Yeah. Well, here we go. Well, I heard it from you first. Thank you. I'm just kidding. Not first. Everybody talks about this, but <laughs> I know I'm one of those typical fucking people. Sleep now. Oh, <laughs> I'm so lame. Okay. So he's two and a half. Oh my God. He's young. Yeah, no. So- oh my God, Brienne. What did you think? How old do I look? No, not that. I just, you made it sound like this was so long ago. You were just like, you made it sound like it was a thing of the past. This is very much of the present. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. That's why I'm like sweating. I know it's very much of the present. No, two is a very cute age. It's just like the a, a crazy. They're walking. They're talking. But you, your sister was younger than you and you're the oldest. So did you have that older sister responsibility going on? Exactly. I feel I love kids so much and I feel like I've been a built in babysitter my whole life. 
Yeah. Do you have the old kid like, you know, when people are like, oh, you're the oldest and they have that preconceived notion of like, you must have issues because we're the oldest and the youngest got everything. Did you have any of those things? Not necessarily. Not so much. Yeah. I don't know. It's because even with my, with Kaylin, we're five and a half years apart. So maybe it's because the first sibling still came five and a half years later. Like it's not a big age gap, but then it only obviously gets. Right. So you had your time to shine. I actually just posted this last week. I got my Thrive Market order this week and I accidentally ordered only snacks and I think almond milk. First of all, let's talk almond milk for a minute. Elmhurst almond milk is my absolute fave. They just get the best prices. Like would really love to know how. Sometimes they bundle, but really they have amazing prices and their healthy snacks are just what I live for. I got Yum Earth lollipops. I got a bunch of actually Thrive Market chips that are really healthy, but they also have Siete chips. I would just like stock up on all my Simple Mills crackers because they really do have the best prices and I save money on every single order. So I save about 30% each time, which is absolutely crazy. So Thrive Market also has a deal page that changes daily. So you can check there for their their best deals or just order the things that you love and know that you're getting the best price on them. They do save me money, but I also love how I can filter on their app or their website. You can filter by type of diet. If you're looking for gluten-free snacks or non-toxic cleaning essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience so easily. So join Thrive Market today, get 30% off your first order order plus a free $60 gift. You go to thrivemarket.com slash not skinny for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash not skinny, thrivemarket.com slash not skinny. You guys, we've talked about this. Spring is coming way sooner than expected. It's actually bizarre that we're almost, no, no, no we're in mid-March. We're in mid-March, people. April flowers, May showers, whatever the hell all those sayings are about spring, it's coming. I feel like there was barely a winter. I mean, I don't want to jinx it, but you need to get rid of all those clunky sweaters and all those coats you've been stocking up on for winter and move on in to a spring wardrobe. And you know who can help you do that? Macy's. So at Macy's, you can find sundresses, platform heels, peach eyeshadows, pastel pieces that you can effortlessly incorporate into your look. So go to Macy's.com slash own your style to find the perfect way to show off your new spring personality. So that's Macy's.com slash own your style. Also highly recommend to download the Macy's app. Okay. Like stop cheapening out on your, on your phone storage and shop easier with the Macy's app. You can stay on top of your online orders and returns. You could take advantage of their price checking feature. Also, if you're a Star Rewards member, you could get special features like Star Money updates and exclusive savings sent right to your phone. You can download it on your iPhone or if you have an Android. So the Macy's app, you guys, start shopping for spring. So would you say, I know you had a lot of shows before Ginny and Georgia. Would you say this is your breakout role, though? Based on the amount of attention it has received, yes. Did you expect it when filming? We were like, I feel like this is going to be a hit. 
that absolutely not because I've done this before and I just, you learn to appreciate the journey, not the destination. And I've been on a handful of other shows that I absolutely loved and they had their very passionate fan base, but this has completely, completely blown that out of the water. It's just the, the YA audience, I think is the difference. And it's definitely not like anything I've experienced. So I just, I assumed it would be like my other experiences, which I'm so grateful for and definitely prepared me for this. But I just assumed it would be like the other things I've done. So when you say prepared you for this, you mean like all the things that come with it with the hit show, which is like more publicity events, like going on talk shows, like all this crazy stuff. It doesn't hurt. I meant more like in the acting sense. Like I've gotten to work on so many different genres and different types of shows with different types of actors, writers, showrunners that I feel like I got to be a sponge and sort of absorb it all and watch and learn from the people around me. So you're taking this. It sounds like you're taking this very like feet on the ground. You're not letting your head float up to the sky like, damn, like I'm fucking made it because that's what it looks like. It looks like, wow, you're on this hit show. Everybody wants you right now. You're like you're hot shit right now. Like, do you know that? Look, this industry is feast or famine, and we are certainly in the feast right now, but this is now. Oh, damn, you do. You're so grounded. Can't can't well, take you. My first rodeo. It's just it's not my only. I've had so many other experiences to help inform it that you can't not. I don't know. Yeah, I know. But this is it. Di- but this one is different. hundred percent different. A little it's different. 100%. So just, you know, if you don't already know. You are you are blowing up. So does it feel like to you? Because I could tell, like, from what you're saying, like, I've I've been because I know it's annoying. People are like, oh, this overnight success. Brienne, how where like, where have you been? And I'm like, well, well, here, actually, (laughs) I've been right here. So how does it feel, though, to finally get kind of really the the world's the world's not approval, but kind of recognition? It's incredibly rewarding. It's the first show I've ever been on that is resonating with people in a cathartic, personal, therapeutic way. And that I've never experienced before. And for a show that asks the actors to really stretch themselves and really push themselves, there's nothing more worthwhile than knowing it's audiences are resonating with that on on a very personal level. It really is like people. This is like a cult show. I would say it's like a cult show when people get obsessed with the show. They want seasons. They want to binge it. It's also an easy binge. So you filmed in Canada and you had to live in Canada as a California girl. How was that for you? It was rough. That was rough. Season two was from November till the end of April, early May. And it was cold and the sun sets early. And I thought, oh, I lived in New York. It's fine. I've lived in Chicago for, for we shot Exorcist in Chicago. But there, that Toronto cold is a little bit different. And we were there a little bit longer because of the holidays and because of COVID. But season one, we were there from August to December. And we got a little bit of everything this summer, fall, winter. And then we wrapped before it was blizzards. Oh, yeah. But not who we were, we were working. It was a different experience. Did Matt, your your hubby, come with you? He came. No, he came to visit. But we're also just used to that because ever since I met him, 
when I, we met, I booked Exorcist right after we met. So then I was off to, to Chicago for four or five months and then Passengers after that. So then we're in Atlanta for four or five months. And then you shoot the pilot first a few months prior for a month. And then just other little jobs in between that take you. I never seem to work in LA. I don't know how people do. I'm very jealous. Oh my God. I, I know everything. It's always like Atlanta or Canada. It feels like it's a, yeah, it's the terrain and some tax breaks don't hurt, but he came to visit, but he actually tore his Achilles when we were shooting in February. So then he couldn't come. That ended up being our longest stint without seeing each other. Cause I just couldn't get back home and he physically couldn't. How travel. long was so, that? So what was the longest stint? I think that was like seven or eight weeks. Oh, okay. But if that's the longest stint, then thank God. We've never gone more than two months. No. So I heard that a lot of the actors were Canadian and probably the crew. There was Canadian. So what was it like working with Canadians? Are they like so nice and saying sorry all the time? I kid you not. Yes, that's exactly correct. They're absolutely wonderful, lovely, lots of sorry, sorry. And I love shooting in Canada. Toronto is great. And the food's so amazing. There's so much to do. And it's just beautiful. And did the cast vibe like White Lotus? Did you watch White Lotus? Of course. Okay. So you know how the cast was all like everyone's dating and hanging out and going out. Did you guys have, well, I don't think there was like a dating vibe though. I did tell Sarah can't hurt, but was there like, were you guys going out and having, having fun? Absolutely. I think because the nature of the show also shooting on location, you get close so fast. It's like, you're away from your friends and family. You're in this little bubble. It's, it's an ecosystem of its own. You can't help, but you bond at an expedited rate and everyone completely clicked and was going out all the time. If anything, Tony and I were more just would be beat by uh, Tony made it to more things than I did. But there were just some Fridays where you're like, I'm I am so tired and I need to go memorize to get ready for next week. But 100 percent, the cast went out all the time. So Tony, you guys uh, plays Jenny. So. You both have like, what, five years age difference or something? How many? Eight years. Oh, eight years. Okay. Eight years. Okay. That's still something, but that's obviously yeah. less than, than the, than, than. Less than the 15 <laughs> on the show, but eight, but also that's sort of why she just felt like a sibling of mine. I have these big age gaps with my siblings and they're my whole world. They're the center of my universe. I do anything for them. And she just. It's right in. Yeah, you guys really bonded, both of you. Super easy. And I could tell that like a lot of the press you're doing is together. Is that nice to have kind of someone to do things with and not necessarily do it by yourself? Absolutely. Because season one, the show came out right when the pandemic started and we couldn't do anything, let alone off of Zoom, let alone together. So season two press has been so much more fun. It's a completely different experience getting to do it with her and the rest of the cast. It's that's how it's meant to be. It's it takes a village and it's way more fun that way. And I saw that you and the legendary Jen Robertson seem to be like actual BFFs. I love her. I feel it feels like fate. I'm so grateful. I don't know how we got her on the show. It still blows my mind. But I'll never forget. I was walking down the street for a fitting in Toronto and I didn't really know who else was cast yet. And they sent an updated version of a script. And the first page is always the list of characters and who plays them or who's been attached so far. And I'll just when once I got that script and I saw Jen's name, I literally stopped in my tracks. And I was like, you've got like, no, you're kidding me. Okay, 
this might be something very special. That's so cool. If you guys don't know Jen Robertson, obviously Shit's Creek and just an incredible actress. And her character is so fun and fun to watch you in scenes together. Okay, so I have to ask you, you got as as Georgia. Oh, my God, I should not do accents. <laughs> so we have Zion, Paul, and Joe. Duh, Joe. How can we forget about Joe? How can we forget? Almost forgot about him there. Season three needs to come sooner. So it's hard as a viewer, and this never happens. Usually there is like a just a ship. You're just like, oh, I ship these. They need to get together. Maybe there's some people that are like, very into the Joe and Georgia thing happening because it's a slower burn. But it doesn't feel like there's a big swing either way. Like three of them are very viable options for Georgia. I agree. I'm not complaining. (laughs) Very. (laughs) I know they all bring and I don't know how the writers pulled this off. They all bring out a completely different side of Georgia. And they're all, as you said, viable. She's a little bit different with all of them. And there's so many beautiful things about each of their relationships if they were or are in like meant to be or come to fruition. Do you know what's going to happen? A little bit. Oh, damn. Really? They changed their minds. There were some things for season two that were not part of the plan that then we showed up for season two that they whipped out of their back pocket and I was shook. So I I think anything can happen. And I don't always know how we get there, but I know the broad strokes. Okay, so it'd probably be hard for you to answer like who you think Georgia should end up with. Yeah, I don't think there is a should. I think she would have an amazing life with any of them. Yeah. Okay, so I also saw that even though Sarah is like holding her crystals and knocking on wood, you said somewhere that you're feeling positive about a season three. Yeah, it's hard not to. I think I still feel positive. I think the the response has been beautiful and the feedback has been really wonderful. So it doesn't feel bad. I know you're such a positive lady. Oh my God. Thank you. I, I'm, I try, I guess. You do? Like, I'm like, wow, she's positive. She's confident. You can't get her down. Like, I, I, I'm I, inspired. No, I am. I am. You can totally get me down. I'm an actor. Oh, that you can- another thing I want to talk about. Also, you're a Gemini. So it could be that I just caught you today in this mood. I mean, getting to talk with you, A, is really fun. Getting to talk about the show is really fun. Yeah, I'm having a nice day so far, but I am a Gemini. I'm a Gemini, yep. too. When I saw you're a Gemini, I was like, knew I liked her. When is your birthday? May 31st. So we're Mays. Yeah, baby. 24. What does that mean about us that we're Mays and not Junes? Does it mean anything? No, no. <laughs> like closer to the cusp, maybe. But I don't know. I don't. I'm not as knowledgeable about this, the moon and the rising. Oh, no, I'm not knowledgeable at all. I'm just that annoying bitch. It's like, no, I'm such a Gemini, which I don't know if it's good or bad, but you know, it's good. If you're a Gemini, I'm a Gemini. I think it's boy Geminis. People worry about more than girl Geminis. That's true. You know what? That is so true. Who would want to deal with a boy Gemini? Very different. Just have to note that your eyebrows are a whole personality of them, their own. Do you know? Thank you. They really are. They like do they like they like model on their own. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm an expressive. I'm very expressive. Yeah, it's true. And the it's eyebrows true. like express like they're voguing on their own. OK, so we talked about reality TV. We talked about everything. I want to know moving forward from Ginny and Georgia, praying for season three and four. As we know, that's that's that, that's when it would end after four. Do you have any like dreams now? Are you like a vision board gal? Anything you're like putting on your list being a bond girl? I don't know. I yeah, look, I've got some Pinterest boards out there of the, of, uh, of, of that are maybe of the vision sense. And I feel like I just want to get to keep working. I want to keep doing what I've been doing up until this point. I want to keep working and I want to keep working on so many different things. And I want to keep working with people who make me better, who scare me, who, who where I have to continue to rise to the occasion. But I want to do it all. I grew up, watch, like, I'm a 90s baby. I want to do a rom-com one day. I miss the rom-com. But I'm also obsessed with Mad Men and the, and the Crown and these beautiful period pieces. But I also, like, The Wire and Sopranos are two of my favorite shows. I love really dark shows, too. So... Did you work on any movies or mostly shows? I've done I've done a handful of movies, but a lot more TV. And I don't know if that's just being in L.A. We're also kind of in the golden age of TV. The industry sort of ebbs and flows. But I am going to work on a fun feature in Atlanta next week. Ooh! can you tell us anything about like what your role is going to be? Not really. It hasn't been announced yet, but we're we're doing a movie. So that's exciting. That is exciting. Wait, speaking of rom-coms. Did you watch the Ashton Kutcher, Reese Witherspoon one? Not yet. Okay. Don't be excited. The reviews aren't that good. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Brianne, I don't want to take any more of your time. You're amazing. You're everything that I thought you would be and more. Thank you so much for coming on my show. Amanda, thank you for having me. I adore you. This was lovely. And you made my day. This was so fun. You made my day. I'm on the first day of my period. I'm emotional. I could cry. Okay. Thank you, Brianne. And I look forward to seeing you on season three and season four and in a rom-com and on a Mad Men something with John Hamm and all the things. And you so deserve it. And you're gorgeous and amazing. And we stand. You are my vision board now. Thank you oh so much. Oh, my God. Thank you. Have a good one, babe. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Not Skinny But Not Fat. Follow me on Instagram at Not Skinny But Not Fat. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. Rate the podcast that you love so much on Apple Podcasts and write a little review. If you tell me you did, I'll give you a big virtual smoocheroo. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you next Tuesday. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.